Well, today we're going to wrap up our series entitled, If God is For Us. And we've been talking about over the last few weeks since Easter Sunday, what would it mean if we begin to live our lives with the revelation that God is for us and not against us? What would happen in us if we began to operate out of that reality and how would that affect the way that we dealt with our family, our problems, our difficulties or even how would that affect how we embrace new opportunities and we would step into new things that maybe we've never stepped into before but because we begin to understand that God is for us and not against us that we begin to realize that there literally is an open door of opportunity in front of every person here today to probably walk in some things that we've never walked in before. I mean, think about it for just a minute. Think about how many dreams, how many visions, how many ideas that you've had that maybe in your heart you thought, man, this is a God thing. But then I wonder how many of those God things were put on the back burner of our life because we were intimidated by the challenge or the bigness or the, the, the severity of maybe what we were looking at doing. And instead of embracing and engaging in a life of faith, we ended up allowing fear or insecurity or doubt or worry to cause us to draw back uh, into a place of mediocrity where we just kind of cruise along and operate in that realm of what we know we can do instead of moving into that realm of what God can do. Amen? How I many know God can do some pretty big stuff? And, and that is the realm that we really want to live in. So let's look in Romans chapter 8 together this morning. This has been our foundational scripture. The Bible says, and we know... That God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. What a great verse. Amen. Look at verse 29. It says, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Y'all read the last part of this verse with me. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Let's read it one more time. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Be against us. What an awesome thought, amen? What an awesome declaration. If God is for us. How many know he's for us this morning? Anybody? Amen. Praise God. Look at the last verse, verse 32. And the Bible says, Since God did not spare even his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? If God did not spare Jesus then surely there is nothing that God will withhold. Jeremiah says, God will withhold no good thing from those who love him. God will withhold no good thing. Why? Because he did not spare his son, but freely gave him up for us all. And now, surely there is nothing God won't do to do his will, his purpose, and his plan in our lives. Let's look at our first thought, just a quick recap. We said that God chose us, God called us, God made us, and God gave us everything that we need to live a victorious life through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. We said that God is for us and not against us. He is literally fighting for me and you. And so on Easter Sunday, four weeks ago, we asked the question. We said, if God is for us and not against us, if God has given us 
everything that we need to live a victorious life in Christ, which includes, number one, eternal life, abundant life, victorious life over sin, self, and Satan. If God has given us everything that we need for that victorious life, then why is there such a discrepancy between where most Christians are living their lives? Because when you look around the local church today and you look at the lives of many Christians, many Christians are not living that victorious life. And we wonder if if this has been purchased and promised, then why aren't we living out what has been, been made available to me and you? And we said the answer to that question was really simple. We said it was one word. We said it was faith. That faith or the lack of faith robs us or keeps us from experiencing that fullness of life that Jesus Christ has for us. And so, actually, if we look at that next point, we said there are two expressions of faith. And so we talked about the first one last week. And we said the first expression of faith is that faith speaks, right? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so we got to begin to speak life. Our words are an expression of our faith. And your confession determines the manifestations of your life. I actually challenge you to think about the fact that what you say is actually being manifested in your life. And the reality is, is that you are living today your confession of yesterday. What you said about your life yesterday is being manifested and revealed in your life today. So the only way to change your tomorrow is to change the confession of your today. And so last week I asked you a question, not only what are you believing, but we asked the question, what are you saying and are your words lining up with the Word of God? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death over who you are, over your family, over your future, over your spiritual life, over the world in which we exist? What are you saying? What is the confession of your faith? Because the confession of your faith is producing the manifestation of your life. And if you want to change what you're seeing, then you've got to change what you're saying. Amen? And we've got to begin to get our words into agreement with God and begin to speak the Word of God over our life, over our families, over our future, over our nation, and over everything that is near and dear to the heart of God. So today we're going to look at that second expression of faith. And so, number one, faith speaks. Number two, faith acts. I want you to see this today. Your actions are an expression of your faith. Faith is not passive. Faith is actually aggressive. There is an aggressive spirit about faith. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to see how that faith pursues the things that God has promised. Now, let's look at the rest of this statement. So faith does what it can do while it waits for God to do what it cannot do. See, there is a religious philosophy of faith that simply says this, that I'm going to believe God and I'm going to sit here in my place of faith and I'm going to wait on God to do what only God can do. I want you to understand, without works, the Bible says your faith is dead. And we're going to talk about that in depth here in just a few minutes. But I want you to understand that there is an action that is required for your faith to be initiated. And when we express our faith, I want you to see this. Whether it be through our words or through our actions, those two expressions of faith, expressions of faith are actually invitations that invite God to work in our life. 
See, without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. They that come to God, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith is the substance, Scripture says, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we understand that faith is necessary, right? We are gonna, it's going to take faith if we're going to please God. It's going to take faith if we're going to see God do what God wants to do in our lives. And so we understand that every time I express my faith, Every time I speak His Word and every time I act in accordance to His Word, I am expressing my faith. And that expression of faith is an invitation that invites God to work. If you're not expressing your faith, then you're never extending an invitation for God to show up in your life. And a lot of people are sitting back in their mind believing God but they're not speaking the Word of God and they're not acting in accordance to the Word of God and therefore their faith never comes to fulfillment and they end up many times frustrated with God because they say, God, I'm believing you, but they're not expressing their faith in a way that invites God to begin to work in their life. So let's look in Mark chapter 2. And the Bible says that when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later that the news spread quickly that he was back home. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. Even, even outside the door. While, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And when he saw their faith, I want to stop right there. And when he saw their faith, and when he saw their faith, let me just say this, your faith ought to not only be audible, it ought to be visible. Your faith ought to be audible. Faith speaks, but it also ought to be visible. If you can't see your faith, then you're probably not expressing it. If you can't see your faith, then you're probably not expressing it to the degree that it needs to be expressed in order to produce the results that God has promised. So our faith needs to be audible, but our faith also needs to be visible. The Bible says when he saw their faith. What's interesting about that is the Bible doesn't say when they saw his faith, but when Jesus saw their faith. I believe the paralyzed man had faith, but we know that he had four friends that had a little faith too, right? They had faith enough to believe that Jesus could heal him. And when they came to the house and the house was full, instead of being denied by their difficulty, they decided to be aggressive in their faith. And let me just say to you today, I believe there are way too many Christians being denied by difficulty. They're denied by difficulty. What do I mean by that? Well, they say, hey, I'm believing God to restore my marriage. And then they start working on their marriage, and it gets difficult. All of a sudden, they realize their spouse is stubborn. All of a sudden, their spouse realizes that they're stubborn. Right? And, I, and you get in this and you're like, man, God, I'm believing you to restore my marriage. I'm believing you to strengthen my marriage. I'm believing you to work in my family. I'm believing you to rescue my children. And you begin the process and all of a sudden you start coming to Jesus and you kind of hit a wall. 
And you realize getting to Jesus isn't, quote, as easy as we always think it is because you know what? Everybody else wanted to get to Jesus too. So when they came to the house, there was a great multitude. And the Bible says they were not denied by the difficulty. As a matter of fact, they became aggressive in their faith. And I want to just say to you today, faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. Faith passionately pursues the promises of God to the point that it's willing to do whatever we can do in the process. I want to ask you a question. What do you believe in God for today? Then I want to ask you another question. What are you doing to see what you're believing come to pass? What are you doing to see what you're believing come to pass? I was looking back here and saw just Miss Terry right over here and their family over this past Christmas season went through an overwhelming challenge. They were confronted not only with death uh, and, and with sickness and disease, but they, were, they, they faced the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, in the life of her grandson. And you know what I saw her do? I saw her not only pray, but I saw her write out promises and scriptures and begin to study and begin to research and begin to call people. And she had this list of prayer that she was praying, not only her, her whole family. They were praying over Caleb, her grandson. And they were praying over him and they were speaking the word over him. And they were standing in faith over him. They weren't just waiting for God to show up. They were doing what they could do while they waited. And I don't know if Caleb's here today, but he's running around like a pretty healthy young boy right now, isn't he? Healed and restored by the life of God. Because faith speaks and faith acts. What are you doing to produce what you are believing God to do in your life? Are you being denied by difficulty because let me just say this to you today every time you try to do something that that glorifies God there is automatically gonna be resistance your flesh is gonna resist right right your flesh I mean have you ever decided you're gonna get up 30 minutes early and read your Bible and have a good quiet time before you go to work every day and, and, and the problem is not the devil the problem is your flesh right your own flesh wants to deny you of what God wants to do in your life. we got Watch Night Prayer coming up the end of this month on the 30th. And you know what? Man, that's late, Glenn. 11 o'clock at night to 1 a.m. Whoever thought about doing that? I mean, come on. I'm just kidding, Glenn. So anyway, so, you know, I mean, like, man, I'm going to lose some sleep. Man, I'm going to lose some sleep, and I'm not going to. But you know what I was thinking? I just had this thought. I thought, you know, how many times have we lost sleep for a ball game, for a movie, for some entertainment, just to go get a late night snack? We wanted to hang out in Huntsville a little longer than we should have, and we lost sleep, and it was all okay, and we got up the next morning and went to work and act like nothing happened. Don't be denied by difficulty. Don't allow the difficult circumstances of life that seem to be standing between you and your promise keep you from pursuing God. I mean, think about the man that was paralyzed. What would have happened if when they came to the house and there was no way to get in, if they'd have just said, hey, we tried. 
Really wanted you to get healed, man, but maybe, you know, today's probably not your day. Maybe we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's full. I mean, what are we going to do, you know? Well, it's just, you know, but, but you know what they did? They, they refused to be denied. They climbed up on the roof. They tore a hole in the roof. And the Bible says they lowered him right down in front of Jesus. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in that church service? I mean, you know, I, w- I wish I could have had a body come down out of the ceiling this morning. That would have been awesome, you know. You know, just to think, man, here we are, we're having church, Jesus is preaching, everybody's hanging on every word he says, and then all of a sudden, stuff starts falling out of the ceiling, everybody's looking up, what in the world's going on, and then here comes a body. Right in front of Jesus, and the Bible says, and Jesus saw their faith. And the paralyzed man was healed that day. Jesus saw their faith. Let's go back to that first point there. On our outline, let's look at that again real quick. I want to just reiterate two thoughts. One more. Faith acts. There it is. Faith is not passive. Faith is not, I'm sitting here waiting on God to work. Faith is doing what I can while I wait for God to do what I can't. That's faith. Faith is not twiddling my thumbs saying, you know what, God, if you'd hurry up and work, great things would happen. Faith is doing what I can do. If I'm believing God for my recovery, then what am I doing to get recovered? If I'm believing God for my deliverance, what am I doing to get delivered? If I'm believing God, we talked about debt this morning, to get out of debt, what am I doing to get out of debt? What am I doing as I wait For God to do what I can't do. Because faith is not passive. It is aggressive. Now let's look at our next point on our outline. I want you to see this. Faith pursues. Faith pursues. What it says it is believing God for. If what you are saying and what you are doing doesn't match then your faith is dead. How many of y'all remember when, maybe when your kids were little or maybe you've got young kids now? Y'all remember playing that little match game? You know, you had all the little cards laid out on the table. You'd flip it over and there'd be a tiger here and you'd flip it over and there'd be a zebra here and you'd flip them back over and you'd have to match them right and you didn't win until they matched. I want to say to you today, until the confession of your faith and the actions of your life match, you'll never see the fruit of God's promise. It has to be, if what you're saying and what you're doing doesn't match, then your faith is dead. Now, I'm going to give you just a real natural, simple illustration we can maybe all grab hold of. Several months ago, back the end of last year, uh, I decided I, I I need to lose weight and I need to get in shape. And so that became my confession. I started speaking, I'm going to lose weight and get in shape. And so I, I changed the way I was eating, started eating different and trying to eat a little healthier and, and eating not so much of that good stuff that you like to eat, right? And so I started losing weight, and then uh, Rice Krispies. I don't eat them anymore. Matt, I've still got that big Rice Krispie bar. My, I'm going to make you something out of it and bring it back to you. And, and so I started losing weight, and my confession was I'm losing weight and getting in shape. And so about six weeks ago, uh, I, was, I was doing my quiet time, and literally in my quiet time, 
I would literally say, Father, I thank you, I'm losing weight, and I'm getting in shape. And, and the Holy Spirit said, well, what are you doing to get in shape? <laughs> well, I'm losing weight. <laughs> so about six weeks ago, I started going to the gym, and, and nothing spectacular is happening by any means. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. I made a commitment that I'm going to do something. Why? Because faith without works is dead. Now, that same principle is true about every arena of our lives. About your marriage, about your single life. For all you single, how many singles we got in the house? Any singles in the house? Awesome. Man, y'all look around, you might find a future spouse. Just look. Okay. Uh, so it, here's the question. I know everybody that's single, maybe not everybody, but I know most singles, they're praying, right? They're praying and believing God for that perfect spouse so here's the question what are you doing to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for what are you doing I know you're waiting on God to you know magically rain them down out of heaven right and poof they appear and that would be awesome and they would be perfect and you know I always ask people if you met the perfect person why would they want to be with you pretty good thought ain't it so what are you doing to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, right? So don't just sit back and twiddle and say, God, I'm waiting on you. No, what are you doing to become the person in your marriage? What are you doing to, you know, you're praying, believing God for a stronger marriage, but what are you actually doing to make your marriage stronger? You're praying for family members that don't know the Lord, and, and praying is doing something, but I want to ask you, what are you doing as you're praying for the people that you want to see to come to the Lord? What are you doing to help them encounter Jesus? What are you doing to sow a seed into their life? What are you doing? You know, and, and I, I understand the power of prayer, and praying is believing and acting, but I believe there's also an expression of faith where we begin to live out what we're believing God for and begin to initiate our faith through our actions that says, you know what, I'm not just believing God for their salvation, I'm sowing seed into their life for salvation. Sometimes I may need to sow seed in somebody else's life to see the fruit in my children's life, right? If your kids won't listen to you, maybe you can speak into somebody else's kid's life. And the Bible says a man reaps what he sows. So sometimes you've got to invest in somebody else's freedom to see your kids get free because they won't listen to you, but that stranger's kid will. So what are you doing, right? That's the reality. What are we doing? Are we doing what we're saying we're believing God for? So let's look in James chapter 2. Many of you know this scripture. James 2 says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, look at this, by works, faith was made perfect. The word perfect is complete. Works, his actions, completed his faith. 
And by faith, the Bible says, he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Now, if you remember the story of Abraham, Abraham was a fatherless man. I mean, was a childless man. And God promised him he was going to be the heir of many nations. That through him, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. And the Bible says, finally, after 15 years, God gave Abraham a son named Isaac. And then God tells Abraham to go and offer Isaac as a sacrifice upon the mountain. And the Bible tells us that by faith, Abraham went up the mountain and he laid his son on the altar and he raised the knife as he began to sacrifice his son to God. And the angel of the Lord stayed his hand and God provided a lamb, which is symbolic of Jesus. And we see that God blessed and honored Abraham. Why? Because Abraham's works, Abraham's works completed his faith. He believed that God was able to make him the father of any nations. And his faith produced action that brought forth the fulfillment of that promise. Let's look at our next verse. Verse 26 says, For as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works. And I put in parentheses, a corresponding action. Works. That work has to be a corresponding action. So what do you believe in God for? Faith without a corresponding action is dead. So if I'm believing God, I'm losing weight and getting in shape, then what is the corresponding action that I'm doing to lose weight and get in shape? If I'm believing for restoration in my family, then what is the corresponding action that produces restoration in my family? If I'm believing for, for healing in my body, what is the corresponding action of healing in my body that I'm pursuing? I need to be producing a result, an action that corresponds with my faith that matches it. Right, So I can say I'm going to lose weight and get in shape and eat 10 pieces of pizza every day and that's not a corresponding action. As a matter of fact, many times our actions undermine our faith. Our actions are undermining our faith. We're saying that we're believing God for this, but we're doing this. Right? We're saying we're going to get out of debt, but every time we go to the mall, we swipe the credit card. Right? We're, we're saying that we're believing for restoration in our family, but we're, we're not investing time to see our family restored. And so our actions are undermining our faith and robbing us of the potential that God wants to manifest in our lives. So let me give you our last thought for today. So if you are believing God, and this is a quote, Zach, are you in here? He's not, I don't think. This is a quote from Zach Mace. He shared this in devotional a couple weeks ago. I said, I'm going to steal that because I'm preaching on faith here in just a couple weeks. If you're believing God to move a mountain, then grab a shovel and start digging. If you're believing God to move a mountain, then grab a shovel and start digging. What do you believe in God for? If you're believing God to work supernaturally in your life, if you're believing God for your future and your hope, if you're believing God for, for a brighter tomorrow than a today, then grab a shovel and start digging. You've got to begin to do the thing that you're believing God to do in your life. And I put us a, last, a final statement here. We can have whatever we say if we are willing to do what we are saying. We can have whatever we say if we're willing to do what we're saying. Mark eleven twenty three. they're going to put on the screen for us. 
Jesus says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. I want to say it to you this way. You can have whatever you say if you're willing to do what you're saying. You can have whatever you say if you're willing to do what you're saying. What are you saying you're believing God to do? Now, are you doing what you're saying? Are you doing what you're saying? Because it's when we begin to do what we say that we actually begin to see the results that God has promised us. When we do what we say, we actually see the results that God has promised us. Go back to that last statement there on the screen. And I want to look at that last part. So here's the summation of this whole series. If God is for us and not against us, we cannot fail. We cannot fail. Why? Because God's for us. He's not against us. And if I'm willing to speak the word and I'm willing to do the thing that I'm speaking, then God will do what he said he would do every time. God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. God is faithful. God is faithful. And he is for us this morning. Amen? He is for us. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And I want to ask you a real simple question today. What do you need to do in order to match what you say you're believing God to do? What do you need to do in order to match what you're saying you believe in God to do? See, if you're believing God to help you become more evangelistic or more outspoken in your faith, then what are you doing to make that happen? If you're believing God to give you greater revelation from His Word, what are you doing to make that happen? If you're believing God to help you strengthen your prayer life, then what are you doing to make that happen? If you're believing God for miracles, what are you doing to see miracles happen in people's lives? See, I meet people all the time say, man, I want to be a soul winner. Well, are you telling anybody about Jesus? Well, no. I want to be a preacher. Are you studying your Bible? Well, no. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles. Are you praying over any sick people? No. You got to do what you say you're believing God to do. And when you start doing what you can, God will do what you can't. And so what do you need to do today? What is the decision you need to make? What is the step of faith that you need to take today? Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. Maybe today's your first day. And you've been, you've been acknowledging, you've been believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, but you've never confessed it. And you've never taken a step of faith. 
You've never acted upon that belief that Jesus is Lord of your life. And maybe today you want to step out in faith and say, Today, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to go public with what I've been believing private in my heart. And I want to step out and acknowledge that Jesus is the only way. I I believe it, but I've never acknowledged it. And I've never expressed my faith. And I want to trust Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today as a Christian and maybe there's a specific thing the Holy Spirit's already spoken to you and you know what you need to do. Maybe you just need to come today. Maybe you just need to come and commit that to the Lord. Say, God, I'm committing my heart today. I'm going to be a doer of the Word. I'm going to do those things that I'm believing you to do, God. I'm going to begin to step into those arenas and I'm going to begin to initiate. I'm going to become passionately aggressive instead of passive. I refuse to be denied by difficulty. I'm going to press in by faith. And my life is going to live a visible faith. So right now, the altar's open. If you need prayer for any reason, you just come. You just come. Our prayer teams are going to come. If you need prayer, we'd be honored to pray with you today. But if you just want to come and kneel at the altar, you just come this morning. Just let God work right now. Come on, let's commit those things to Him. Say, God, today I want to be a doer of the Word. God, I know what I've been saying. I know what I've been believing. But God, today I want to be a doer. I'm going to initiate my faith. I'm going to activate my faith today. I'm going to activate my faith. I'm going to be that person I've been believing you to be. I'm going to see that thing I've been believing you to do. I'm going to initiate, God, my faith. Father, right now, I just pray over every person in this room today. I pray that today we would be doers of the Word. God, that today we would be doers of the Word, that we would give ourselves to you, God, that we would give ourselves freely and completely and wholly to you today, God. Lord, that we would be unashamed of who you are, God, that we would step out today in faith. God, that we would pursue you in faith. God, that we would run after you today in faith, that our lives would be living testimonies of your grace. God, that you would do, God, in us, (coughs) as we do what we can do today. God, we declare that our faith is not dead. It is alive in you. And we choose to step out. We choose to believe you and trust you. And God, we choose to act today. To act in faith. And Lord, today as these have come today, I thank you that they have activated their faith this morning. And that you are hearing the cry of their heart. And Lord, their simple act of faith today, God, is changing things. Things are happening right now this morning, God, because we have moved. God, we have refused to be stagnant. We have refused to be denied, God. Lord, today we refuse to be denied by the difficulties of life. God, we choose to press in, press through, and overcome because we are doers of the Word. God, we do what we say we believe today. So God, I release that spirit of faith. I release, Father, the anointing, the promise. God, I thank you for every promise. The promise of redemption, the promise of salvation, the promise of your freedom, God. I declare today that everything you promised, restoration, wholeness, Father, putting lives back together, putting families back together. God, I thank you that you're doing it today, God. That you're doing it today, God. Lord, as we act, 
God, you are moving supernaturally. And we praise you for that. We ask your blessing today, God, over every heart, over every life, over every person that has come. And we give you glory and honor and praise today. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen.